Couch Guys Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 31. No guests this week. Again, hopefully working on another guest. Um, or, you know what, no, we are working on more guests. Uh, I feel like we've got a decent amount of guests lined up, eh? I mean, not not lined up for certain dates, but I think we definitely have... In the pipeline. In the pipeline. We've definitely got a lot of potential guests that, when I say potential, I expect them to be on soon. Yep, I agree. And I even think a lot of the guests that we've had on are willing to be repeats. Oh, I mean, sure. hell, they've all said they will be. Yep. Um, but episode 31, a lot to talk about this week. Um, first off, I will say, if I sound stupid for the next three months, and I sound like I got shit in my mouth, I am infuriated. I feel like an eighth grade kid again. I feel like a freaking loser. So I'll start off. I'll start. You know, f it. I'll start off this podcast with the Invisalign. Okay. So I just got Invisalign <laughs> put in my mouth, and like we've all seen the commercials. It's supposed to be like virtually invisible. You can't see it. Well, I sit down. I got the molds like a month ago. Okay. I sat down. They did everything. Told me to come back in uh, this past Wednesday to to get the molds, get the trays, blah blah blah. I go in. And I lay down, and I'm expecting just to get the trays, just to pop in the trays. That's it. That's it. Because I used to have a retainer like this, and that's all it was. This this lady lays me down in this chair, starts taking these little plastic things, and shows me a diagram. Like, I'm going to put these on your teeth. I was like, what are you talking about? What? You're going to put these in my mouth permanently? <laughs> this isn't just a tray? So and she was like, yeah, basically. So... She puts these little plastic pieces inside of my mouth on a couple of my teeth that are just destroying the inside of my lips, destroying them, and it sucks. I'm like this for three months. I thought I was just getting the trays. I got so blindsided on Wednesday. I'm pissed. I am pissed. I'm paying 1200 bucks to have the inside, of my, the inside of my mouth chewed up. God, are you really? That's ridiculous. Why, why are you bothering for three months because what? my tooth looks stupid dude oh, well you know you look stupid anyway so you're fine i'm not i am not a self-conscious guy at all the only thing i'm i'm fat okay i'm chubby you gotta no da dad bod that. dad bod yeah i don't even care it's this tooth the only thing about me that i dislike is this tooth and i think it's because i had braces had a retainer wore my retainer all the time sophomore year i might have been drunk i put my retainer in my mouth disappeared never saw it again you swallowed i might have swallowed it like i swear to god i woke up in the morning and it was gone i straight up might have swallowed it i think you swallowed it i could have digested it and then my orthodontist back then goes if you ever lose this cause it's 50 bucks to get a replacement sick i lose it three years later i give him a call the motherfucker retired <laughs> he's out of business i love it Illegally, <laughs> legally, they're supposed to give the next orthodontist behind them the previous patient stuff. All the paperwork. I wasn't yeah. there for so long; they just threw mine out. Ha! Huh. They're supposed to keep that like forever. So I couldn't get a retainer. I couldn't get a new one. That sucks. So that's why my teeth got all effed up. Now I got to go through this crap for three months. That's hilarious. January seventeenth came out. Come fast enough. That's absolutely hilarious. Aren't they supposed to like keep that shit until you tell them not to? Yes. Yeah, essentially. You should have sued that new orthodontist. Got some money out of it. Yeah, but dude, I'm not trying to end lives here. 
Do well, I, I mean, if you, if, you, if you care that much about your teeth, then you should have. I do, clearly. I'm destroying the inside of my mouth for this. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a hero for my mouth, but I'm a hero for myself. Um, ouch. Okay, I'm trying to walk away and trying to fix my laptop charger. Uh, okay, so you know what? We can just throw this out there. First topic of the night, other than my freaking uh, teeth. <sighs> I don't. It's, you see, you, you don't even know how to talk about it. That's what was so depressing about it. That's all it is. It's literally just that sigh. So, all anticipating this big time Celtics season. Celtics not only signed Gordon Hayward on July fourth, they also were able to get Kyrie Irving. Everybody's so excited. I have never since the two thousand eight season. I have never been so excited for any season. No, any that includes Red Sox, Patriots, any. I was so gassed about this season and then (laughs) it's so you can't even talk about it within just five minutes within five minutes five minutes and 15 seconds into the first quarter against the Cavs the Celtics before that were looking so good Kyrie throws up an alley-oop to Gordon Hayward, to Gordon Hayward, which they've been running since, like, at Butler. Not yep. Kyrie, but they've been running that play for Gordon forever. And Gordon comes down. You see him go to the ground. The broadcasting team just says, Gordon's on the ground. Then all of a sudden, Gordon broke his leg! Gordon broke his leg! <laughs> no! That killed! I've... Never sat at the TV with my mouth open for so long and my hands on my head. I froze. I literally froze because I didn't you, believe it. You, you hear? I was in the other room for like half a second. I hear Kevin Arlen scream. He broke his leg, and I'm like, Gordon Hayward did what? What do you mean, Gordon Hayward? What? And then I come back, and you watch the expressions on the crowd. All the players, both teams, mouths dropped. Like didn't know what to do. Players get together and pray. Kyrie Irving is literally crying in Marcus Smart's arms because of what happened to Gordon Hayward. And it's crazy to me because literally now this team is this team is still top three in the East. I think they are definitely top three in the East for sure uh, because even without Gordon Hayward, you're still better than most teams in the East. And But, but you're now basically where you were last year. You know, this injury... Right away, and I mean, yeah, he has successful surgery, and he's going to come back next year. His agent said he's out for the year. Maybe he comes back in March. Who knows? Because there's conflicting stories, right? One person who says they had the same injury says he'll be back in March. Doctors and his agent say he'll be back next year. Who knows, right? You can go either way. But now, Celtics have the same expectations as last season. It's <laughs> it's exactly the same expectations, and that's what sucks because going into this year. I was one of those people who genuinely thought the Celtics could go to the finals. And I think a lot yeah. of people thought that. The team was the team was great. The team was great, Jared. Well, because the team you had, had depth. You had Gordon Hayward starting. You had Marcus Smart coming off the bench. You had potentially Tatum coming off the bench when everybody was healthy because Marcus Morris would have been in your starting lineup. So, look, this team was depth. Now their depth is starting. That's it. They don't have anybody behind them. So now it's a bunch of rookies playing off the bench, and this team is going to be good enough to – Maybe get back to the Eastern Conference Finals, but then they're going to get swept by the Cavs because this team is not good enough without Gordon Hayward as that second piece. They needed him. That's like they needed him. This I think is he, the same exact team as last season. I think people underrated how good Gordon Hayward really is because they do because he's was, humble about it. He's well, quiet. Well, not even that, but because you got Kyrie, 
Like, everyone's like, oh. Because when we signed Gordon Hayward, I remember I was at my family's hookout. I screamed at, in front of all my family. who doesn't give one rat's ass about sports. I screamed and said, oh, my God, we got Gordon Hayward. Like, that was the guy. Everyone, Most Celtics fans were talking about how we could go to the finals with Gordon Hayward, which is a lot of crap. But then you brought Kyrie in, and now Kyrie's the guy, which is great. I bought a Kyrie t-shirt. Like, I'm all in. But you watched Kyrie last night, and I was at the Garden for this game. Dude, first of all, Quags, Garden's still going to be rocking this year. It was a playoff game last night. It was insane. But the way this works now is Kyrie's going to feel obliged to take over every game. And you saw it last night. He's forcing shots. Going, trying to do, be the guy, and eventually... And it just didn't work. No, and it doesn't. And eventually it'll calm down. You saw him in Cleveland after the injury. Second half, they played better, played as a team, passing the ball, and they probably really should have won that game against Cleveland, and they didn't. But it's fine. Come on, get to the Bucs. You play good... The Bucs are a good team. They're not like they're terrible. And you lose again. You're 0-2. I'm not worried by any means, but Kyrie Irving needs to kind of settle down and go, okay... Let's forget about Gordon Hayward now. We're, we're, he's our brother. We're going to support him. But we need to take a step back and do what's best for this team now and focus on the rest of the season. Um, but Gordon Hayward, massive loss. And now this team is royally fucked about getting to the finals because it's not going to happen. No, it's not. It's just it's not going to happen. There's no chance of it now. It's Basketball is the kind of game where just if one person goes down, the season's over. Yep. Like, uh, you know, if football, football, if a couple – Patriots example Julian Edelman goes down he's a superstar but you can build around it the only one on the team that would prevent you from going to the Super Bowl is Tom Brady but in basketball if if you're good enough to go to the finals you have at least three guys on the floor who are considered at least low tier superstars I'm throwing Al Horford in that mix yep one of those guys goes down it's over it's over and that's what that's what happened in the Celtics. They're not going to be any better than a second place team. And to be honest with you, I know it's early, but after last night, I'm worried they're not even the second best team at this point. Well, I mean, you look at the other rosters, right? Toronto's got everyone back. They, they re-signed Demar Derozan, and they have these guys back. Kyle Lowry's still there. Look at Washington. Yeah, but Toronto can never figure it out. No, but you look at Washington. You went to seven games Washington last year. Washington can't win anything. Well, it, but it took Kelly. Never, it took, it, but dude, it took Kelly Olynyk. In Game Seven, going off to beat the Wizards, the Wizards could beat this roster because you have John Wall and Bradley Beal. So, look, if you play the Wizards in Game Seven, maybe you lose this time. Who knows? Long term, this doesn't affect Danny Ainge's plans. Gordon Hayward comes back next year, reset expectations, and the sky's the limit for this team. But this year, it really just puts a damper on the you know you you got a lot of national TV games. You're playing on Christmas Day at home. All the hype that was around this team in Cleveland going at it all year is gone. Yeah, it's gone. It's it's eviscerated. It is absolutely eviscerated. Now, something that was killing me last night about Kyrie was he just he wasn't playing defense, and I know that's his thing. He, he doesn't never, never, play. Never, he, do, he doesn't. He doesn't play great defense. But last night was deplorable. He was not. He at least get your body in front of him. Yep, he, I, he wasn't in front of anybody. No, I give him a break only because of the situation. Um, but if he keeps doing it, then you start harping on it. Because look, Isaiah Thomas is terrible at defense, but he tried, right? He put just he put himself in the right he spot. Tried, he's just so tiny. He tried, and he's just terrible at it. But I don't want to see Kyrie try. And last night, like I said, he definitely didn't try. But I'll give him a pass. Right? There's a lot going on. Your boy just got his ankle snapped in half. Like I get it. But from here on out, just show me some effort. And you're you're a better player than it. And if you're Kyrie Irving, now you just got to try. He is, and that's something else I got to say. If I hear anybody, I was arguing with this moron on Twitter 
through the Couch Guy account. Oh, that's Seth which Poole. hey, I feel I feel shady doing. I hate tweeting from the Couch Guy account when don't, I get into don't arguments. Hide, don't hide behind the shield, baby. Don't yeah, hide behind I, our shield. I didn't mean to, but I just was, and I I was already too far into it. Um, I'm pretty sure I signed one of them. Hey, this is at Nick Quag, by the way, like just to get my name out there. But this idiot was like, oh, there's Danny H's karma and tweeted directly at us. I was like, who the hell are you, dude? What? What do you mean karma? Danny H's job is to make this basketball team better. And that's what he did by getting Kyrie Irving. Like you said earlier, Danny H's game plan is to win a championship in the next couple of years. Definitely not this year. But to win multiple. But he wants to win multiple. To win multiple. Definitely not this season, and he knew that. That's why I think there's one more big piece coming. I think he's got plans for one more yeah, big a- piece. Anthony Davis. And it's the brow. It's, I think that is his game plan. Has to be. But because of that, this season, it like you said, it doesn't it nothing's changing. Nothing is changing. The game plan was to win in the future. You gotta make one more move. You weren't gonna win this year anyway. And you're going to get Gordon Hayward back next season. As much as it sucks for us, fans, for watching it. To wait one more year, yeah. To wait another year because it's been so long. It just, it doesn't affect why we've been going through this pain. And why we've been watching Brad Stevens develop these young players. And why why we've been watching Danny Ainge make all these moves. Nothing's changed. No, nothing has changed. Only thing that could change this year is if you get Anthony Davis at the deadline. Now that team is good enough to go to the finals. You and give if, Anthony and, your starting lineup becomes Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, probably Marcus Smart or Jason Tatum at the three. No, J- Jason Tatum, screw that. Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Anthony Davis. That's a finals with lineup. That's a that that makes up the difference. Now you put Gordon Hayward back on that team, look out. You win the finals. You, if you put yeah. And that's the thing. If you get Anthony Davis at the trade deadline this year, you are winning the finals next year. Oh, by far, you're better. You than, you're better. You're better than Golden State. It's yes, and it's it's like it's a legit team. And this, if if Danny Ainge can swing that and get you Anthony Davis on this team, and with Gordon Hayward back next year, and Kyrie Irving and Al Horford, and then okay, Jason Tatum. Yep, Jason Tatum. Um then he's a legend. He yep. is w- going to the Hall of Fame for not only his basketball talent, but he is in the Hall of Fame, right? I don't know. I think I want to say he is. But Danny Age is going to go to the Hall of Fame as an executive because that is the most incredible team building of all time. If he, w- he if- wants this team crumble and to go to a team with Anthony Davis, if you get Anthony Davis, it's over. But and, how, and look at how many years he's done it in. It, it, even now, it's one. What they they traded Pierce and Garnett in what year? Like twelve, thirteen. And that took balls. And that took balls. That's and crazy. that was one of the best trades ever because the Nets are morons and they wanted to make some flash in their new stadium, so they traded for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett when they were out the door anyway. Like, look, Danny Ainge has done his job at this point. But if you bring Anthony Davis to this team. You're done. You're win. You're winning. And Gordon Hayward is only going to add to that next year. Now Gordon Hayward might even play this year. We don't know that. There's no official saying he's out for the year, right? There's speculation both ways. Nobody. No one said officially. I have a good feeling he's back in March. He's back in March. I think part of the reason why they're saying out for the season is it's too much expectation to say March now, when you don't know how his t- timeline is really going to be. But you know, come cr- after Christmas, they'll know. They'll know one way or the other by January first if he's going to be back or not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and I, I, that's big part is there were no ligaments torn, guys. No, None. Cl- clean. 
And I think Ab- it, if you if you can stay afloat, you know, you're a top team in the East, regardless of if Gordon Hayward or not. Kyrie figures this out. This team figures this out. And this this group can play together. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, phenomenal together, by the way. Like, Gord, it's going to be great long term. But Get Anthony Davis. You put Anthony Davis in there. You pose this question as a Twitter poll question. I was just going to bring up the results. And I, before you bring up the results, I want to know your answer. Who would you rather give up? You want to know who I voted for? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Those are the two options we gave on Twitter on Couch Guys account. And we wanted to know which one you'd rather give up for Anthony Davis. Who did you vote for? I, I don't, you don't think about it. It's who you voted. It's who you hit clicked earlier. No, I know. It's tough because I might be changing my answer. Who, what was your gut? I you, voted Jalen Brown. Okay, I'm with you. I love Jalen Brown, though. No, see, yeah, but I love Jason Tatum too. They're both the, the- confidence that Jalen Brown, uh, the 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 confidence that I've seen him have in these first two games is such a step up from from last season. He looks like an NBA player right now. He yeah. doesn't look like a rookie anymore, and that's good because he's not. And that's massive trade value for the Pelicans. You might have to. You're not giving up Tatum. Tatum. Tatum is being compared to Paul Pierce and all these other guys. Jason Tatum is the future of this team. Jalen Brown is expendable. Uh, not as much. No, I, I don't think they're going to do this. I don't think it's even going to happen. But you have to give up one of those guys, if not both, to get Anthony Davis. It's just a matter of you probably have to give up Jalen Brown, Rozier, and a pick. You think that's it? I think that's it. I have a feeling Horford's in the mix. But you know what? If they're rebuilding, they're not going to want Horford. No, they don't want Horford. No. The, the, look at this. This is the that's way a good, of, That's a good point. I didn't even think about that before. If they're going to rebuild, they do not want Horford. They want young guys and picks. And honestly, it'll take less to get Anthony Davis from the Pelicans than it will the Red Sox to get Giancarlo Stanton from oh, we'll the We'll talk about that. And we're getting to that. But like my point is, it's, Anthony Davis might not take as much because if they're crappy and you're going to give them that top pick that you have still stashed away, you have your own pick, which you can give them to. Who cares? And then you have Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier. Those are two guys you can build around. J- Terry Rozier becomes your starting point guard. Jalen Brown becomes your starting shooting guard. You draft around them, you build around them, and boom, now you have a popular, likable team. You want to know the final results? Let's do it. 110 votes. The question was, hypothetically, if it came down to it, wait, how'd you know I picked this, did this question? I assumed it was you. Okay, it was. Hypothetically, ah. probably because the way I worded it. Hypothetically, if it came down to it, which would you rather give up in a trade for Anthony Davis? Hashtag Celtics. 110 votes over 24 hours. The final percent was 51% to 49%. Can I guess? Can I give you a guess who I think it was? Yes. I think I think uh, Jason Tatum wins that vote. Jason Tatum with 51%. Yeah. You know why? Because was, the, you know why? Because the way Jalen Brown played the first two games. Yes. And it, that's, that's what's swaying my vote to go the other way. But the thing is... We, it's just it's such a hard decision. But when you when you make these kind of deals, and this is, I just wrote about this on Couch Guy with the Giancarlo Stanton uh, potential trade that could happen, just like the Celtics already did with Kyrie, and what they're gonna have to do if they end up landing Anthony Davis, they're gonna make a trade that's gonna hurt the fans. Yep, there's gonna be somebody leaving who we don't want to see go, and for this trade, it's either gonna be. Uh, Brown or Tatum? It's going to be one of those two. One of those two is going to have to go down to New Orleans for a trade for Anthony Davis. That's just a fact. You're not going to get Anthony Davis who, to give. You're not going to be trading with a team looking to rebuild and not give up one of your two young stars. But Anthony, remember, Anthony Davis is only 24. 
Like, D'Anthony yeah. Davis is 24 years old. If you put him 24-year-old Anthony Davis, 25-year-old Kyrie Irving, 27-year-old Gordon Hayward, and you still have one of the youngest players in Tatum or Brown, that team is good for years. Years. That becomes, years. That becomes a juggernaut. You do that. Oh, my God. I'm going to fucking kill myself. Bruins? No. Fantasy football. Mother... <laughs> Come on! God, I've got Kansas City's defense going up against Oakland right now. They're down to one point, and Tyreek Hill just got a 64-yard touchdown. Come on. I, everybody you've talked about today has been playing on the team against me. 64? Fuck! All right, whatever. Um, ugh. All right, next topic, next topic, next topic. Uh, so let's talk about the Giancarlo Stanton thing. Because uh, we just spent a lot of time on Anthony Davis and the Celtics. So, Giancarlo Stanton. This is all potential. We saw an article from John... How do you pronounce it? Hyman? Heyman. 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 Yep. Hyman, I'm pretty sure, is like a bodily part. Um, <laughs> John Heyman, he put it out there today that if there's a team who is in good position to make a trade for Giancarlo Stanton, it is the Red Sox. It has seemed like the top suitors so far have been Philadelphia, San Francisco, and St. Louis. The Red Sox, though, just make too much sense. And I agreed with him. We've talked about this before. The Red Sox make too much sense because they're a team who has professional assets. I'm not talking about prospects. I'm talking about young professional assets that they can trade to Miami for the power that they were lacking this season. They ranked 27th this year in home runs per game. 27th. That is disgusting. At Fenway Park. Left field isn't deep, Jared. Left field isn't deep. A pop fly goes over that. (laughs) Pop fly. Yep. And and I even made that point in the article. John Carlos Stanton came to Fenway this year. Probably would have had 65 home runs instead of 59. Pop-ups. He would have just popped them up, up, up on top of the monster. But if you're going to make a trade for him, again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to hurt. Somebody's going to have to go. And you got to remember, so Giancarlo Stanton, the rumor is that he wants to leave Miami because Miami's looking to rebuild, and he doesn't want any part of that. He's been doing now, it for I seven don't years. I don't, yeah, do you know what his contract is right now? Massive. He signed in 2015 a 13-year deal. Mm-hmm. 13. Years don't care three hundred and twenty five million dollars. You do that because he because he's worth it. And see, this is the deal. This is the real nut gut check time for the ownership group because obviously in a, um, a deal like this would have to be approved by them financially. And you know, this year there were a lot of reports and speculation by me and others like they don't want to pay the luxury tax. They're not going to go get talent if they get him, they're paying the luxury tax because there's no way you can stand the luxury tax with that salary on your roster. So, look, I want it. Please, please, I'm begging you. Hands and knees. I don't care who you have to give up. You don't have to give up too much, but you're going to lose Jackie Bradley, Xander Bogarts, Ben Attendee, Devers, one of those guys. You're going to lose something, and that's okay because what you're adding is an outfielder who's pretty good defensively and who's an absolute savage at the plate. And now you have... Aaron, you would have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton in the same division. That would be fun. We would have to have a bench clearing brawl. 
oh, I want to see a bench-clearing brawl, and then both teams take a step back and just watch them two go at it on the, on the mound. The earth would shake yep, when they connected. Phenomenal. Look, the Yankees guys, listen, they're going to the World Series at this point, right? They're one going away. I highly doubt Houston's going to win the series now. Yankees are going to go back to the World Series. They're back. Like, you watch baseball at Yankee Stadium, they're back. And they're the young. The fans are back, baby. Look, they're young, they're good, and they're only going to get better when Bryce Harper comes in a couple years. Or, or, or Manny Machado, or both. You know, they can get Machado and Bryce Harper in a couple years because they care about winning. The Steinbrenners have always been willing to pay whatever it takes to win, and they're doing that. And they're going to do that because then they're going to have to pay Judge. They're going to have to pay Sanchez. So the Red Sox need to figure this out, and it's gut check time. Your rivals won the wild card because you beat them out in the division, and now they're going to go to the World Series because they have more talent because they know how to do it. This is it. Giancarlo Stanton makes way too much sense for the Red Sox. I don't actually think it's going to happen because it makes way too much sense. And that's how sports work. That's why that's why I didn't really believe that Gordon Hayward was going to end up in Boston because it just made too much sense. All the signs were pointing in that direction. But Stanton, man, he is such a freaking force. What you're going to have to give up, like I said before, it's going to be something that hurts. It's going to be, I think everybody wants to see Jackie Bradley and Xander go. Okay, we all want to see that. I hate them both. I am done with both of them. I don't know if everybody feels that way, but I I hate them at the plate. You put Mookie in center field. You put Stanton in right. You're still going to have to add at least one more piece. I want to say Dustin Pedroia. I doubt that because, again, this is a team looking to rebuild. He might retire, dude. Like Yeah. This is a team. Look, yeah, and, and if he gets that knee surgery, he might retire. Yeah. He might be done. But I don't think they're going to want Pedroia even if he's healthy because if they were to get Pedroia, he's, he's too old. He's, a, he's not a guy that you have rebuilding. That's just a fact. You're going to have to give up Devers. Or Benintendi, have one to. of the two. Devers or Benintendi. It's going to have to be one of the yeah, two. Give up Benintendi, please, talk- and thank you. Bye. Who? Benintendi. Bye. Why? Devers is better. Oh, my God. Come on. Benintendi, he, it was his rookie season. Don't Devers didn't even have a rookie season this year, and he was better. Benintendi was fine. He finished off like two seventy nine. Don't get don't get perplexed by the flow, dude. Benintendi is not as good as Devers. Devers has Benintendi's a more. a better fielder and a good hitter. Devers is a better bat. It's worth it. You can teach Devers how to play third base. Third base is one of those tough positions. And he wasn't man. even that bad. Not like right field. Well, and then you also have Nunez, who's probably going to stick around. Don't Benintendi is the one to go. Who's going to play short? See, that's the question. Probably Marrero. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Well, they See? love Marrero. they love Marrero. See? Oh, actually, well, I get yeah. yeah. Put Marrero at third base. Okay. Get rid of Devers. No, Trade no, Devers. No, no. Then, but then who do you have to play short? Nunez. What about second base if Pedroia's leaving? Pedroia's staying. Yeah, I hope not. Pedroia will stay. I really hope and not. And he's productive. He's he's fine at the plate. Ugh, I hope we keep Nunez. I hope they figure that out. I do, too. I don't think Nunez will be asking for too much because – his his market value isn't going to be too high since his knee just exploded no, I, on national I, I, TV. I think he wants to stay here anyway. I think he, he liked it here. Yeah, I think he did like it. Um, the, you know, there could be like you could trade Groom in the minors and maybe not have to give up one of those two, but you're most likely going to have to give up Benintendi or Devers. Okay, and let me ask you this because this is what we want to talk about anyway. How much insight does a future new manager of this team, a.k.a. Alex Cora, have in this decision? Not until he gets there. I know, but like, does he even have an insight? He's barely been there. 
Dombrowski is a really power strong guy. Does he have a decision? Does he have an, a voice in this? Does he go, Dave? I, I you just hired me to run this team. I want keep Bogarts. I want but like you know what I mean like what, what how much insight? Because it sounds like Alex Cora is going to be the manager of this team, right? Ron Gardenhire went to Detroit. That that became official or close to it. Um, so really, it is Alex Cora at this point. Um, how much insight is he actually going to be allowed to have in something like this? I I bet you. It'll be more of a formality. They'll show up and they'll be like, hey, Alex, what do you think about this? And Alex will be like, oh, duh, yeah, I think this. And then they'll just do whatever they want to do anyway. That's true. Like it'll be, it'll be one of those things that because he's new, they want to do it just for protocol and to build a good relationship off the bat. But they don't care what he has to think right now. No. They don't care. Dave no. Dabrow- it's, it, ultimately, it is Dave Dabrowski's decision. Yep. And he might be ready to move on from those two. Jackie Bradley and Xander – have to be part of the package if you want to keep the fans happy to be honest with you and then it's got to be one of the outfielders out of the three outfielders jackie bradley is the one to go well see i think i, I think just honestly i just don't see it not being well, devers no, but i think you can swing a deal and i, I forget where i read somebody it wasn't Heyman's article but someone wrote an article and I, th- I think you can swing it if it's xander jackie bradley like groom and like, you know what I mean? Like, you give them two guys off the Major League roster and Xander and Mook, and, and not, not Mookie, uh, Xander and Jack, Jackie Bradley. Those are two guys off your roster who are young talent who you know can play in this league. And then you give them prospects, like two or three prospects. That's five for one. You could probably do this without even having to give up Ben Attendee or Devers if, you, if you're willing to give up Jackie Bradley and Xander Bogarts. Yes, you are willing well, to give up either. Is, <laughs> but I'm saying, though, if Dave's okay with that, which he better be, then... You might, be able, you, might, you might be able to swing an outfield next year of Benintendi, Mookie, Stan, and still keep Devers. Which, Which that is, outfield is the best of all time. I would hand him the exec of the year award right now if he did that. That outfield is the best of all time by no, far. Those three out there, then, then your lineup becomes Mookie hitting leadoff. Then you have, or maybe even Benintendi hitting leadoff. But, you know, you have, you have Mookie in some Which, order. I don't know where you're getting this crap from that he's not that good. He's damn good. Who? Benintendi. I didn't say he wasn't good. I'm just saying Devers is better. That's just false. But okay, okay, that's fine. That's an opinion, my darling. Well, your opinion's your opinion's shitty. Yeah. Well, keep going. You know what? So is the Red Sox team right now. So they need to figure <laughs> their, their asses out. Look, you have Mookie Betts up there. You have Benintendi. In your theory, Pedroia is still here at the top of the lineup. Three, four, five, six. Then becomes probably. You know, actually, let me think about this though. Mookie's probably hitting third. Giancarlo Stanton's hitting fourth. Rafael Devers is hitting fifth, and then six is whoever. Like, three, four, five becomes untouchable for this team. See, now, this is, I was, I was thinking of a potential lineup uh, earlier. I hate doing that. And this is, this is what I kind of put together Benatendi, Pedroia, number three would have to be. Stano? Yeah? Devers. Stano? Stanton? Stanton, four, Hanley. Oh, if you forget about Hanley, that's right, Hanley. Yeah, four is Hanley. Five would be Devers. Okay, no, let's do it this way. The, what, it, wouldn't you rather have Hanley hit third because then he's going to get pitched to because Stanton's behind him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're so, right. So this is this is Alex Cora's mindset, not mine. So you have Hanley hit th- Hanley hit third. He'll get more pitches because Giancarlo Stanton will be behind him, and then. 
you know, someday he'll get walked because Devers will be behind him. But who cares? Devers is behind him. Well, actually, you know, Mookie might be behind him. Mookie might be hitting fifth in this scenario. Oh, I forgot about Mookie. You know what it'll probably be? It would probably be Mookie, Hanley. No, Mookie, Stano, Hanley, Devers in that order. I guarantee. Yeah, and, and I wrote this in the blog too. Hanley's the perfect five hitter. Perfect. Yeah, he's he's got he, the pop to back up. You know, if Stanton gets on to do some damage, but he's not as consistent to hit the top of the order. You want to see Mookie get third, getting the first at bat. You want to see Stano hitting fourth, just because he's your t- typical cleanup hitter. And then you have think about that three, four, five, six becomes in that scenario Mookie Betts, Giancarlo Stanton, Hanley Ramirez, Rafael Devers. And that's elite. And that's that through, and that's so now that's through seven because you have Pedroia and and Benintendi at the top. Now let's move on and talk about the big the big 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 Red Sox story that kind of broke today. Not really, uh, it's not confirmed, but it's there's a lot of reports saying that it's going to happen. Air quote. After the ALCS is completed, allegedly the Red Sox are going to announce that their new manager is going to be Alex Cora. The old Brock Holt, the original, the original Brock, Brock Holt, Holt, but better. Yep, he was phenomenal. I love, I love Alex Cora as a player. Oh, Alex Cora was the man. He could play anywhere, and I love it. I love it. And the reason I love it is because somebody that you're going to have to bring in was going to have to know how to deal with the Red Sox media and the Boston media. And if anybody knows, it's a guy who played here 13 years ago. And, and, won, won, a World and won here. And won a World Series in 2004. And that is Alex Cora. And if you're going to bring in a guy, it's got to be... And, you know, the big, the big question was, we need a manager who's going to be able to relate to the young players. Alex Cora is not that old. He's a rookie manager. Well, he's the he bench coach in Houston. Manager. Look what he's doing with that roster. He's the bench coach in Houston, and half that team is like twelve. And from and from what we hear out of Houston, the the players love him. Oh yeah, why wouldn't you? The players love him. He's a great guy, and a big thing that I didn't even think about. I think Tony Maserati actually mentioned this on the Sports Hub. A big part of it is that. Alex Cora is bilingual, and he's not. Oh no, you know what? It might have been Lou Merloni, and he's not just bilingual. Where like it's broken English, like he's fluent in English, fluent in Spanish. The guy can speak both languages very well. Yep. Because of that he's going to be able to relate to everybody, no matter what. He can talk to whoever he can, who he wants to on the team, which is huge, huge for a team in disconnect. Because I mean, fuck it. The Red Sox were in disconnect last year. Yeah, and look, it's it's leadership. We we've talked about it. Their biggest need, at least, and I and I wrote the article on Couch Guy about it too. Like, you hire a manager, then what? You need a clubhouse leader. Alex Cora can do both. He he can lead a clubhouse. You know, have somebody there like you know maybe Stanton if he comes. You know, Mookie Betts, someone like that to help him along. But it's going to be important to see. You know, I I love the hiring. I, I think it's clearly almost it's all but done until the ALCS is over. Um. And and I love the sign, like you said, Nick. It's just it's the youth. He's good with players, and he he knows how to win here. He knows how to deal with the media here, and he knows what it takes to win, which is good. Now it's just a matter of what do you do around him, because there's reports, you know, Chili Davis is being interviewed for other hitting coaching jobs. You know, Carl Willis is being interviewed which for other pitching fine, coach dude. jobs. Oh, it's fine, but then the like, hitting the hitting coach the hitting was just not great this year. No, and it's fine. And honestly, the pitching Carl Willis you could probably replace Carl Willis too. Like that's fine. 
Yes, you can. So like, you, you absolutely can replace Carl so Willis. The dream scenario for me, to be hundred percent honest, and this this name has been tossed around to be the manager, which never. Actually I know. Came I up. know what you're going to say. But I would love the bench coach to be Jason Veritek. Now, he, I think for him, I think someday he could be a good manager, and I think a lot of people were right about that. But he's n- never been in a dugout besides as a player or like a special he, assistant to just stand there and look pretty, like. He needs some experience, and what better guy than Jason Veritek to come help Alex Cora, get be a manager here? He doesn't need help, but now you have another guy who knows what it takes to win in Boston as your bench coach and can knows the game like nobody's business because he's a catcher. That's the perfect scenario in my eyes. It won't happen, but that's that's what I want. Oh yeah, a utility infielder and a catcher running the it, team, running the team. Yeah, running the team mid, is excellent. Mid. That's World that's Series. Perfect. That's it. That's what you need. It, but. Here's my thing with Jason Veritek, though. I've never actually read a quote where he's been like, I want to manage a baseball team. No, everyone just throw it on his lap. Everybody's just like, Jason Veritek's going to manage the Red Sox because we're all maniacs up here. We are all psychopaths. I've never one time heard Jason Veritek say that he wants to get into coaching. No, we just just planned our lives for them. The guy's been out of the league for a little while. Why hasn't he started? He'd be in in the dugout by now if he really wanted to catch. yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe if like, Maybe if Alex gave him a call, I don't know their relationship. Maybe if Alex gave him a call and was like, "Yo, Jason, come here, dude. Sit. Be my be my right hand man. Come be in the dugout. Help me manage these boys." Big problem though. I don't know how. Theory, big time theory that just popped into the brain. Uh oh. Dustin Pedroia will not be on this team next year, and Dave Dombrowski knows that. That's why he's bringing in Alex Cora. Alex Cora and Dustin Pedroia have played together because they don't want they don't want a manager playing with somebody who they don't want a manager manager manage, managing managing somebody who they've played with. It's a risk. That's already been said. That that's was said risk. last year about Veritek. Yeah, that's a risk. It's 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 a thought process, and maybe it's different for Alex Cora. But I love that. I'm, I'm running with that with you. We're gonna. Put that out there. We're going to make that a thing because I love it, and it makes it even more true that my theory of Pedroia retiring is going to happen. I think they know. I think they know, and that's why the decision of Alex Cora is so – it's just there. It's it's obvious. I love it. Uh, and and all, overall, I know we want to get to the Patriots too because we got a big game this weekend, oh. uh, massive game. But Bro. look – the Red Sox are in good shape with Alex Cora coming in as their manager. Um, it'll be official soon because the Yankees are going to go to the World Series. Give me Giancarlo Stanton or give me death. That's my slogan all offseason until it happens. Give me Mike Stanton. I want him to come to Boston and then change his name back to Mike. Right? That would be a power move. <laughs> but I'm no racist. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a badass move. Listen, just because I'm from Massachusetts, if anybody out of Massachusetts is listening to this, we are not racist here, okay? This is the most – ask Jared. Jared's from the state up north right above us. I don't know where this theory comes from of national media that Boston and Massachusetts is just the most racist place. This is the most liberal state you could imagine. It really is. The and most that's liberal it, state you can imagine. Serious. Oh, it really is. And I'm from New Hampshire, for those of you who don't know your geography. Um, you idiots. But <laughs> look um, – that's that's terrible. The racism in mass is not a thing. Like it, no, maybe, it's maybe not. no, it's really not that bad. Like you just get people are just stupid. Every everywhere is racist. Like get over yourselves if you think that we're the worst at it. Like listen in your city. I guarantee you're gonna hear the same shit that we do. Oh, absolutely. And we and I don't. To be honest with you, I don't hear any shit. No, it's I, the thing is, I never hear it. It's like oh, yeah, they're so racist. You can't go anywhere. And I'm like, 
I have friends who are black. Like I, I, you know, it's like whenever when I'm with them, I don't hear it. Like you don't, you know what I mean? If it was that bad, I'd hear it when I'm with them. Yeah, and you know what? Too like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just, it's a narrative that once it gets hot, people love to talk about it. Oh yeah, because it gets them credit and ratings. But anyway, off of the racism topic, uh, Patriots this weekend Sunday night football against the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl rematch twenty eight to three hashtag. Uh, those those motherfuckers are, are wait, where are the, uh, the Patriots it, are home so it's at home. the Falcons are coming to Gillette Stadium. I'll tell you this right now, Jared. You know all of my predictions have been close. I even almost predicted the Patriots to lose to the Jets, which I will say, could've, I should have could have happened. It could have happened. I was very close on my prediction. It wasn't going to be easy. The Patriots this week, I think, blow out the Falcons. See, I don't. I, I think don't. they're going to blow see, the doors off the see, Falcons. I, well, I hope you're right because one, I can go to bed early. But look, I think it, I actually think the Falcons have a lead at halftime because they have not just because I want them to blow a lead again, but because of the, <laughs> but because of the fact that you watch them play this year, they've already blown a 17 point lead when they lost to Miami or Buffalo, whatever. No, Miami. When they lost to Miami, they were up 17 nothing at halftime. They lost that game. They're not playing well right now. Both defenses are god awful. Obviously. It comes down to the offenses in this game on Sunday night. And at that point, you pick the Patriots because you have Brady over Matt Ryan, and that's it. That's the way this league works. Because, um, look, I mean, the Packers are really good, but now you don't have Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the year, so that they're down the tank. It's This is a quarterback league, and when both defenses are playing as bad as these two teams are right now, and the Patriots have taken steps in the right direction at least, it's Tom Brady over Matt Ryan, and that's why I picked Patriots to win. It's, it's, it's going to be close. I'm sorry, Quags. I want to blow out just as bad as you do because – I just want them to relive the Super Bowl and what they felt, the pain about Tom Brady winning a game. But it's going to be a close game. It's going to be your prime time Sunday night football game, everything the schedule makers hoped it would be. You know what's weird to say and weird to think? You know who I think is a big factor in the game? Stephon Gilmore. Is he going to play? That's it. If he doesn't play, I think the Falcons have a much easier time but we saw in the one game where they actually just told Gilmore, hey, you're on Evans, just just play man. He didn't do that bad. and That's not really a telltale sign of who he is as a player in New England, but it's a step to seeing if, if – I know we hate when players can't adapt the right way to the Patriots' uh, defense and what the Patriots like to do, but – if that's how you're going to get through the season and you just have to take Stephon Gilmore and you just have to put Gilmore on uh, a certain player, one player, one wide receiver, then so be it. But that's the, what you're going to have to do to win. And he's a good corner. Like The reason why he was always so bad in Buffalo was because they didn't have a scheme. Like, they didn't, he didn't have to learn his scheme, and that's where he's struggling here. It's learning the defense, knowing where he's supposed to be, not freelancing like Jamie Collins was. And you know you come in here and you do your job. That's been the mantra forever hasn't learnt the scheme because he has never had to. Over time this year, he's going to get better. I think you'll be able to throw him, and he's going to learn it. But for right now, honestly, I would let him cover Julio Jones and just do it. Just cover yeah. Julio Jones. Hey, he's big enough. He's big he's enough. big enough to cover Julio Jones. We've seen Malcolm Butler struggle a little bit on Julio Jones as it is, uh, especially last year at the Super Bowl. Look, give him Julio Jones as much as my fantasy team would hurt because of it. I think Stefan Gilmore could handle Julio Jones enough for Malcolm Butler to help the rest of the team. I still, I just, I think it's going to be a blowout. And the, my main reason is because the Falcons' brains are melted still. 
the Falcons, the Falcons were so embarrassed on national TV. They were butthurt that, on national TV. Oh my God, they were they were massacred. It's it's a cycle. It's I believe they are still psychologically damaged from yeah. it. Oh, I agree. I think that is a fact, and they're going to come into Gillette uh, Sunday night, and they are going to be they're they're not going to know what to do. They're they're gonna they're gonna try their hardest. They're gonna try their little hardest. Little hearts out. Oh my god, yeah, they're gonna try. But you know it's in Matt Ryan's head. Of course it is. You know it's in Matt Ryan's head. You know it's in uh what's the coach's name? Mm. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. You know it's in Dan Quinn's head. It's it's just it's going to be I think it's gonna be a blowout. Final score prediction for me? Thirty eight Patriots. So I'll give I'll give them twenty. I'll give them twenty. I want to say twenty. I want to say thirty-five twenty-eight, but I can't. Uh, or thirty-four twenty-eight. Excuse me. But look, it's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be a shootout. I'm going like 42-35 pants. All right, man. That was a lot of talking. My mouth is so dry, and I gotta I gotta get used to this thing. I gotta get used to this freaking thing in my mouth. All right. Couch Guys Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 31 in the books. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and like us on Facebook. Peace out, you SOBs. Thanks for listening, and look out for the next big guest on the show.